This is Raspberry Lemonade, the Arnold Palmer of podcasts, a refreshing dive into the stories of industry professionals, both sweet and sour. And now your host, Mr. Levi. How's it going, guys? Welcome back to Raspberry Lemonade. How are you doing today? Today, we got Pat on the show. How you doing, Pat? Doing great. Doing? Thanks for having me, brother. All right. You know, one thing that I appreciate you about you so much is that you constantly have like this big energy, you know, and like you 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 pump everyone up. You uh, your your energy is so infectious. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. I think that that's one of those examples of you know what's considered a weakness as a kid becoming a strength later on in life, because dude, all my teachers used to tell me, sit down, shut up, keep it quiet. Don't be too noisy. Don't get too much attention to yourself. And as we've seen over the landscape of the last 10 years, 15 years, you have to be those things with social media and with business and with entrepreneurship and with success mindset and all these things that we talk about, you got to be out there building relationships with people and making some noise. So uh, I think it's important for anybody out there getting started to understand what your voice is, what your style is. We all got different styles, but man, if you're, if you're wild, like I was, I mean, let that, let that hang out and, and find the right people, find the right environments, learn how to channel it and let it loose. There you go, man. I love it. I did want to ask, like, how do you manage to stay, like, just so, so hype, like, constantly? Like, how how do you do that? So, uh, so, man, I work out every day. You know, I drink a ton of water. Um, I get pretty good sleep every night. Um, And, you know, I I try to take care of myself. You know, I'm not, uh, you know, Mr. Muscle and Fitness magazine front cover. But (laughs) at the end of the day, like, I, I eat good. 80%, 90% 80%, 90% of the time, um, I drink a ton of water, um, you know, take my vitamins and say my prayers like Hulk Hogan told me to do when I was a kid. And, uh, you know, here we are decades later uh, doing what I love to do, paying the bills and uh, supporting my family doing it. And it's been amazing. It's been a wild ride. Love it, man. Yeah. I first saw you and I actually met you at uh, one of Ryan Pineda's events. It was uh, back in want to say july or so like beginning of july and dude like you're the most awesome like you're super approachable which i appreciate about people anyone who's approachable like that's a huge plus and uh yeah thank you for being on the show man thank you for having me and i i hope that we can spark some uh you know some motivation and some inspiration in people out there and uh in the internet world to take action and go after whatever they want to achieve Exactly. That's what we're here for at Raspberry Lemonade, and that's what we're both about. So let's get right into it. Tell us a little bit about yourself. You started mentioning it, you know, a little bit about, uh, you know, uh, what the teachers used to tell you, right, in class. But tell us about you and your business. So uh, I started off as a musician. As a kid, I remember in third grade, you could either choose computer class or you could choose band class. And, uh, you know, a little gal named Michelle Abrams that maybe I had a crush on, maybe not. Uh, it, she was going to do trumpet, and this other girl, Sarah, was going to do clarinet. And so there were only three guys that were going to do computer class. And while I'll be honest, I actually wanted to do computer class more, but I was like, 
all the girls are playing instruments, so I'm going on playing it. So I learned how to play the trumpet because I thought, well, you know, and again, the joke was that that girl always like tested higher than me and stuff like that in school. And she's on my friends list. So we always still laugh about this, but it only had three buttons. So I thought it was going to be really easy, but it was actually the opposite. The trumpet, while it has three buttons, is actually the lead part for most symphonic movements, Star Wars, Jurassic Park. Um, Indiana Jones, any of the like major movie theme songs, Superman, the trumpet is the main part. If you think about it, it's always the lead. So it's actually the hardest instrument to play in the symphony because all the symphonic movements, main part that you hear and sing along to is the trumpet. So if you screw it up, it's blatantly obvious. So I took it and I played the trumpet all the way through the end of high school. I was in the jazz band at CBC High School in St. Louis, and we had our own original band. We released music with a bunch of guys from Webster Groves, Kirkwood High School, a female singer from St. Joe Academy, and we all had this, like, master group. We released albums and toured. And in high school, I was like, this is all I want to do. But my parents were really old school St. Louis Midwest people, and they were like, well, I mean, you can do whatever you want, but you need to figure out how to have a job to pay the bills. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll go to college for this if you pay for it, and I'll get a job in music. And they were like, okay, cool. So that was the agreement. If I go to school, real school, then I get a real job, then they'll pay for it. And I was like, okay, that's a fair deal. You know, my sisters are physical therapists and doctors and professors at WashU now, and that whole music thing turned into a corporate job in Las Vegas called Production Resource Group, which I did tours, Madonna, Elton John, Billy Joel, Aerosmith. I try to think of everyone, but I never can. Uh, Tom Petty <laughs> and the Heartbreakers was another big one. And I was a production manager for these tours at a really young age. So I managed the whole stage, everybody coming in and off at a little clipboard, got everybody pumped up before they went up on stage. Sometimes I went out and I made announcements before people did. So, so the little MC thing that you met me doing, like I've actually been doing that for like 20 years in some kind of shapeshift form. And I eventually left that job and became an acoustic performer. And that's when things got tough. And every entrepreneur runs into this in their career where they make a decision to go like all the way in on themselves. And they're either leaving a W-2 or they're leaving a 1099 or maybe they were they were a bartender or a teacher or, or, or whatever. Like my wife was a teacher just like Ryan's wife was going to be a teacher, right? So we have a lot of similarities there to where, you know, we went all in on this thing or I did. And I traveled all over the country. I slept in my van. I played every nasty little bar corner that you could think of. You know, that's the censored version, but you get the drift. It's like <laughs> some of these places were gross, bro. But like I had to do what I had to do to be a touring artist and a touring musician. And I did this for decades. Like I would say from 2006 to 2016 in San Diego, I was traveling all over the country doing jobs, odd jobs with a guitar, 365 days a year. Like I was performing on the night before Thanksgiving, performing on Thanksgiving, Christmas Eve, Christmas, New Year's Eve, New Year's, every holiday I worked, every weekend I worked. Saturday mornings, I was playing a brunch. Saturday night, I was playing a happy hour. And Saturday after that, I was playing with a band somewhere, oh sometimes gosh. three times a day, three, four, five days in a row to make ends meet. And most people thought I was crazy. 
Um, and I was, and I still am. <laughs> but in 2016, this weird thing happened because I had been promoting myself on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube for many, 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 many years, making these funny little song jingles. Um, in fact, I just did a skit with Ryan Pineda where I'm asking him about taxes and I pick up the guitar and sing about like money, 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 money. You should go check it out. Everyone go That's follow cool. Ryan and watch the skit. Um, and so just little funny stuff like that started to kind of catch. And like I got 100,000 views here and 200,000 views there. And I made a song for Gary Vaynerchuk in 2016. And he shared it on his story. And I performed at his little book signing in San Diego. And so I got a chance to meet this Gary V guy way before he completely blew up. And I'm like, listen, man. I've been doing this music thing since 2005, over 10 years. We're barely paying the rent, but like I'm paying, I'm playing seven gigs, eight gigs, nine gigs a week in the most competitive market in the entire United States. I lived in San Diego at the time. So LA, Orange County, San Diego, San Francisco, Fresno, Napa, all of those areas. I was crushing all of those places every single month. And I'm like, but the problem with this is, is that there's no guaranteed residual income. It's not a real like business model. I got to get out of this. How do I get out of this and get into the conferences? If I can get into the conferences, it'll change everything. Yeah. And so, yeah, I just kept making those videos. Grant Cardone picked up my stuff about a year later and I ended up on stage at 10X Growth Con. I went from playing for 10 people on a Friday night or a Thursday night to playing for 10,000 people that following Sunday. And over the course of the next six months, I transitioned out of the bar scene and built a social media agency. And we did over half a million dollars in revenue this year in 2022, wow. four years later. So that's we bought, we bought a house. We live in our own house now. Like I always rented. Um, we have a huge team of people. Um, we had some, some local people here in Dallas, a, a woman that does our distribution. My wife works for the company. She proofreads all the videos. So all the little guru text is spelled right. And we built out this incredible system that's helped people go gonzo viral. And, um, you know, with the launch of Ryan's content empire, we're going to be a, a preferred vendor in that system and hopefully get some more business from that and continue to grow this thing. And I think that, I know it's kind of a long-winded story, but I tried to keep it as short as possible. But, like, I've literally put my whole life into entertaining people and chasing this dream. And so there's somebody out there that's 20 years younger than me that's now got all these tools, all this opportunity, all these people that they can link up with. Like, Instagram didn't exist 20 years ago. Right. We barely had iPods. <laughs> iPods were, like fresh back in the day like lincoln park was number one on the charts when i was playing at bowling alleys with a guitar and i'm go. like i'm gonna go to san diego i'm gonna be playing convention centers in vegas one day you guys will all see and everybody was like dude stick the to brown eyed here. girl stick to brown eyed girl and i'm like no dude you guys will see and and here we are it worked and so that's not that's not a smack talk or a, or a slap back on anybody it's just i saw it I followed God's calling. This is what I was called to do. Um, I'm sure there's a million other things that I could do that could make 10 or 20 or $50 million in revenue, but I don't know that I love those things enough to give up what I've chased so long. And the fact that it's working, you know, it makes me a little emotional because I fought so hard. Of course. So here we are. That's, that's pretty much the whole story as, as quick as I could tell it. <laughs> Man, that was quite, you know, <laughs> the summary there and yeah i mean we can get a little more into it and we will actually i have a few more 
you know, follow up mm-hmm. questions. Because uh, you, you mentioned a lot. Uh, you mentioned the struggles, you know, that came with it. Uh, the amount of time that it took to get to where you are right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I have to ask, like, what were those early days like? We, let's get a little more into that. You know, you mentioned you were playing these, we'll say, grimy you know, places. Yeah, they were dive and, bars. We can use the word dive bar. And, and no offense to those places either. It's just, you know, the music industry, we all know that the music industry is a little bit of a, is a, is a slimy industry. The entertainment industry is a little bit of a slimy industry. There's nothing, that's not a shot at it. It's just the way it is. We've seen people get bad deals, bad contracts, people that we thought were rich and famous go broke. Um, it yeah. happens all the time, not only in entertainment, but in sports in all kinds of different industries that are entertainment-related or performance-based. And I think that was where I was ready for the challenge. Like, listen, I'm built for this. You know, when I when I quit that job and I moved home to St. Louis and I told my dad, like, I want to do my own thing, you know, I know we had an agreement and I'm kind of breaking the agreement. Can I, can I, can I build a little studio out of the basement here and make it work. And my dad easily could have said yes and bought me everything I needed. And he didn't. He said, no, you broke the agreement. You quit the job. I said, I would pay for all your stuff if you did the job and you quit. So you have to go and you have to figure this out on your own. Safety net, your safety net's gone. And I was like, oh, so that was not the answer that I expected when I moved back home from Las Vegas. And so I slept on my friend's floor that night. My buddy Brad Griffin is still a friend of mine on Facebook. He, and he and I uh, started writing an album that night. And that album turned into a band called Flash Cassidy. And that band toured from St. Louis playing free gigs at Six Flags all the way to Whiskey A Go-Go in Hollywood where the Doors and Led Zeppelin and the Beatles <laughs> all played. And so we literally were on the verge of – you know, completely exploding when we were coming back from a tour and we played a gig in El Paso and our trailer was stolen off the back of our van with all of our gear, all of our merchandise, everything was stolen, all our clothes, uh, everything. And, you know, we had a sit down meeting with the group and everybody quit. And I was like, okay, whatever. So I picked up the acoustic again because I had been doing acoustic gigs anyway. And I started singing cover songs. I vowed to never sing cover songs. I was only going to be an original musician. And I started playing Brown Eyed Girl. I mean, I can play these songs with my eyes closed. Brown Eyed Girl and Wagon Wheel and Oasis and Incubus and all this stuff. And I started getting paid pretty good money to, to do these gigs. And I'm like, cool. So I started touring all over doing cover gigs, found myself in San Diego. But like, the in-between there, I mean, I probably lived on people's floors for a good five, six straight years. Wow. You know, or, or at least three from 2006 to like 2009 or so, nine ten, when I met Megan, my girlfriend, who's now my wife. Like, dude, I didn't have anything. I slept in my van. I traveled around. I slept on people's floors. When the band wasn't playing, I was playing acoustic gigs. I mean, it was just like constant and all the stuff that I learned how to do just came from experience and just doing it because I would rather die than not do what I love to do. Like I, I, I'm either going to die going after it or I'm going to die doing it. I'm going to succeed somehow. And I think a lot of people seek comfort 
And so they're not willing to put their life on the line for what they really want to do. And I think sometimes the difference between that person succeeding and the person that's willing to go the extra mile is just a little bit. And that person fizzles out and the other person is successful. That's we it. live in a, in a competitive society. And I think that, um, I think that that's important. I think that people need to just compete with yourself, try to be the best version of yourself. But we all need to understand that like, it's competitive. And if you really want to be successful at something, you know, there's somebody out there doing it at, at the hardest possible grind that they can. And they're willing to literally get their head taken off to win. It's just like boxing or world series or hockey or soccer. Like you see a professional athlete, they're putting everything on the line to get the gold medal. And I think that that's what we need to think about our career. Like, and so that, that's what I was willing to do. If I need to sleep on floors, I went to private Catholic high school and had a car at 16 and went to CBC high school, private Catholic, <laughs> and all this kind of stuff. Well, guess what? None of that stuff matters in the real world. Yeah. That, that stuff wasn't going to save me from the struggle that, that had now been given to me that I asked for, by the way. I asked for the struggle. And right. so I'm glad that uh, I'm glad my dad didn't hand me a silver spoon because uh, now 10, 15 years later, you know, I was forced to get really, 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 really good at what I do. Yeah. And yeah. so I encourage anybody out there, if you're young, you're 25, like I was 24, like I was, maybe you went to college, maybe you're working a job and you feel a little lost and you're ready to like go all in. Maybe you've been doing some stuff on the weekend, like. I was doing a whole bunch of stuff on off nights and it was working. And I'm like, why, why am I doing this other thing when I don't want to do it? I mean, I would encourage you to find someone like a Ryan Pineda or find someone like a Carlos Reyes or find someone like a Bradley and talk to them about how you can study sales, marketing and real estate, whatever it is that you want to get into and get so good at that skill set that you become an asset to people in that industry. Exactly. Because until I became an asset to people in the business event space and the social media space, I was broke. Right. I mean, I, I, honest to God, truth. I was 35, 36 years old, still playing these gigs 10, 12, 15 years later, same gigs I was playing when I was 15 years old. Yeah. And so, you know, I turned 40 years old in February and like things are finally starting to shift to a point where, you know, I talked to my buddy Russell Brunson and we, we could be up for a two comma club award next year because this agency's crushing and That's people amazing. are going viral and we're helping people succeed. So I took my skill and figured out how to help other people. That's when it really took off. I think if you were looking yeah. for the secret sauce in my rambling today, that's it. <laughs> I struggled when I was trying to be Pat the rock star. But once I figured out how to help my friend RJ go viral and, you know, help my friend's company Can Monkey go viral and, you know, help Ryan with skits and help Ryan at events and Carlos at events and all these people, Brad Lee, then it started to blow up. Well, this guy's got something he can offer me. Let's hire him. And I didn't really think about that when I was a kid because it was just like, if I can just get big, if I can just get my stuff to blow up, it'll all work. But what I didn't realize was there's a whole other half of business, and that's people. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's something that Ryan has provided for all of us, myself included, is this incredible community of people 
that can help each other win. You got your Heather Blankenships. You got your Ryans. Um, his wife is fantastic. You got Brian Davila and his wife. They're fantastic. These are great people that want to see us win. Exactly. And so how can we, as entrepreneurs and business leaders, utilize our skills? We've all got different skills to help each other succeed. And I mean, that's why I came on the show. Because maybe somebody will hear this and be like, oh, dude, I I feel just like this guy felt when he was 25. I'm making money doing this and this and the other thing, but I'm scared to drop the job. Because what what if I have to sleep on somebody's floor? What if you have to sleep on somebody's floor to make it? So what? <laughs> then that's what you need to do. Yeah. No, exactly. I think that I think that the internet back then it wasn't like it is now. You post a picture of yourself sleeping on somebody's floor, people are gonna be like, what are you doing? <laughs> but like back in the day, it wasn't it wasn't as documented as it is now. Yeah. But and now, in my opinion, it's better. It's better. If you're willing to go that hard, somebody's going to help you way quicker than they helped me. I agree. So just throwing it all out there, man, you know? No, that's great. I appreciate you sharing all that part of the story and, uh, you know, what's helped you, you know, uh, get to the point that you're at now uh, that you kept, basically you kept the faith, you know, like you, you said, I want to make it somehow in music. Cause that's what I love. And you pushed through, you persevere. Look at you today. Yeah. And I think it's also a lesson on pivoting because it's like, if I would have quit on the music thing, it would have never got me to Gary. It would have never got me to Grant Cardone and without yeah. Gary and Grant and Brad Lee, and then the Carlos Reyes and then the Ryan Pineda's like this whole circle of people that I've met now, I would have never really learned how to utilize all my skills and pivot into a business model that is sustainable. Because that was the big question in my head that I always had was, well, how do I use this like performance and entertainment skill that I have and this production and this video thing I have to like entertain people and actually make money? Once I was around business leaders and business experts, they were like, oh, well, just do this, 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 and this. And one of those things, guys, one of those things was leave the guitar at home. And that was, that was kind of tough to swallow at first. But like, once I become a, came a host and like an MC and like a intro guy, I mean, dude, it it blew up. The whole thing blew up. And so you got to understand that sometimes what you want the marketplace to do is not what the marketplace is demanding from you. Mm. So you have to adapt to what the marketplace is demanding, not demand that the marketplace likes what you want it to like and, and help you sell what you want it to sell. You have to bend your skills around what is actually in demand. Nice. Yeah. So, you so know? I like what you said there because basically what you're saying is, you know, you have a certain vision, you have a certain way you think it might be or should be, mm-hmm. but you have to have the flexibility to be like, okay, I could still do what I love or kind of have yep. to do with what I like to do, but cater to specific needs. And that's when you really start bringing value to people. And that's when business starts to come to you. Totally. It's like, you know, use Ryan for an example. Like he wanted to be a major league baseball player. Yeah. Like, I don't know that he wanted 
to do real estate or he wanted to flip couches. Like I've seen him talk about it. I've talked to him about it. Like, like I said, like his wife was going to be a teacher. So was my wife. My wife, Megan was going to be a teacher too. So yeah. Mindy and Megan are kind of on, on this side. And then like Ryan wanted to be a, a essentially a pro performer, a baseball mm-hmm. player. I wanted to be a rock star. <laughs> so we're, we're very similar in that aspect. But what happened was, well, it, it wasn't making us enough money. And so in between, we figured out how to use those same performance-based skills to entertain an audience online, to help utilize, you know, whole, he was wholesaling couches, essentially flipping couches and flipping properties. I started doing social media for people because I was doing it so well for myself that other people wanted the service. And now here we are years down the line. He's built this empire. And he, he, he couldn't have done it without Mindy. And I've built this incredible social media company and this agency and this, this event business. And it's everything I really wanted to do. I wouldn't have been able to do it without Megan. So sometimes it's like what, what you get in a relationship and you talk about it first transforms later in life. And we're still doing the same thing that we talked about doing. It's just it formatted differently than what we saw in our heads at the beginning. It. It's a different format. Yeah. And that's okay. You know? All right. Yeah, it's working. Yeah, I'd love to hear it. And that's amazing that you also have a very supportive spouse that's, you know, helped you. Uh, I'm sure, I don't know, maybe even you I had moments of like, man, like, should I really keep going through with this? Or even if you never had those thoughts of giving up, just having to deal with kind of like time and time again, like not really having that I made it moment. Right? I'm mm. sure... I don't know. Tell, tell, tell us about that. Is that, was that something that you had to deal with at all? I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, everybody deals with that. I, I just still don't think that I like made it at all. Like, despite the fact that like I did all that stuff and like I went from performing on the Gary's side of the corner for his book launch to, I just introduced him at an event as the host of the event in Puerto Rico this year. That's a huge difference from when we knew each other in 2016. And I had a conversation with him about that and we kind of chuckled, but it's like, well, what's next? Like, I'm never considering Mm. it like, oh, well, now I introduced Gary, so I made it. I want to see Gary five years from now where, like, I'm speaking before him or after him or whatever the lineup happens to be. And it's like, listen, I made it because of people like Gary. And I can tell that whole story because there's someone in the audience that doesn't think they can make it. But they're in the audience because there's this little thing in the back of their head that says, I should try. But there's all this fear and this doubt and this insecurity and this instability. And it's like we all deal with that. Right. And, um, you know, even where we're at right now with the agency and where we're at right now, like I'm turning down MC gigs because I can only be in one place at once. Mm. But yeah. like at the same time, like I don't think I made it at all. And so I think it's important for people to. To always be thinking about how they can improve. And this is where comparing yourself to people can become problematic. Because if you're comparing Pat to Pat 2016, well, holy cow, look at all the progress. But if if I directly compare Pat to to Ryan and I'm like, oh, well, he's got all these 10 million figure companies and he's so 
rich and has all these cars and you know mm-hmm. I, i'm not even into cars like that i mean we did a skit where like i made a joke about cars like <laughs> cars aren't my thing he's way more into them than i am so what what does it matter what car i drive that's right. not my thing so you got to be really careful with how you view success his view of success is completely different than mine but we are in alignment in the fact that we both want to go all the way and so we work very, very well together when we have a common goal and a common cause, you know, and a common theme and, and that we're trying to achieve. We're very dangerous when you stand us side by side and we got a common goal and we're ready to win. We're going to be tough to beat. But if I directly compare myself to him, you know, I'm like my, my hair's thinning out a little bit. I'm like 40. His hair's like perfect right there. That, <laughs> am I supposed to be like sad and depressed about that? It is what it is. Yeah. You, so I would always consider that, you want to compare your performance today to your performance 10 years ago. 10 years ago, I was sleeping in my van playing farmer's markets in San Diego, hoping to one day do business events. You know, next year I'm getting paid, you know, five figures just to show up and be the event host at business events, which is exactly what I said I was going to do. Yeah. So. Don't get too caught up in I made it or I'm going to make it or I'm going to be like this person and this person's my homie and I'm going to beat them or whatever. It's because all you're going to do is drive yourself insane (laughs) and it's not going to be fun anymore and it's not going to be you against where you were. Focus on your stuff and then if you get so good at what you do, those people Whoever they are for you, it, it, it might not be anybody on my list. I'm just naming people off the top of my head that I personally work with that have helped me pivot. These people are going to be different for you. Yeah. I would suggest you get in touch with the people that are coming out of my mouth because clearly it works. But at the same time, you're going to meet different people along the way that are going to help you. Exactly. So focus on how you can help those people because in turn, you're going to help yourself. There you go. The more you help you, the more you can help others. And one of the big keys over the last four years was, dude, I got sober. Love like, it. Uh, when I was in the bars for a long time, I was drinking a lot of alcohol. You know, I was smoking a lot of the funny stuff. You know, we're keeping it <laughs> PG. I, I, did, I did a lot of that every single day for a long, long time. And, I mean, that was one thing that – you know, Megan was just like, dude, I mean, this is, you do this a lot, bro. And I'm like, mm-hmm. but it's not really affecting my ability to go out and work hard. And she's like, long-term it might. And that actually turned out to be true because I actually ended up, um, I ended up losing my license for three straight years Ooh. because of, uh, I, I had alcohol on my breath and I ran a stop sign Uh-oh. in California. <laughs> And so, uh, I, I, again, I'm just being honest here, guys. We all, we all like to go out and have fun. And, and I never used to even say that because it was embarrassing because it's such a stupid mistake. Uh, but, I mean, it wasn't like I hurt anyone. I hurt myself. And I disappointed my wife and I disappointed my family. And yeah. uh, that was probably why I quit. Yeah. Yeah, to make that change. Now going back, and, I and, and I was punished severely for that. Yeah. Um, so when you saw me probably earlier this year, I couldn't even drive. I hadn't driven in a three years oh, until wow. this year in like March. That's My license a... was suspended for like three and a half years. Man. So I'm telling you guys, like when you start to get serious about improving yourself and being better and leaving like the old life behind, like health, even though I was a pretty healthy guy, like I'm way healthier now 
way more energetic, and I don't even touch any of that stuff. There you go. Because all yeah, it's going to do is, great, is ruin my life. Well, I appreciate it, sir. I appreciate <laughs> it. But, yeah, I just want to I, – I, you know, I used to not bring that up, but I think it's important because I think a lot of people think they can get away with stuff. Right. You And, and listen – folks i got away with a lot of stuff for a long time and it eventually caught up to me yeah and no, uh, you will you will find uh, a higher power very very quickly w- when you get into a situation like that and uh you know you you have to fight for your freedom exactly so yeah. again I, I i mean just trying to keep it real for people like it hasn't yeah. been totally pretty. You might see me at the event and be like, Oh, this guy made it. He's got it all. Everything's great. His kids and his wife. And, and that might be true in a lot of sense. We're living the American dream right now, but I know in my head, dude, one small inch back to where I was could ruin everything. Exactly. Everything. And so I take that very seriously. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. And thank you. I've for been sober that. for four that's, years. That's what we're here for, keeping it real. Uh, you, know? you touched on a couple of things that I kind of want to emphasize. The importance of you against you. You know, don't, I mean, definitely look at these other people and kind of uh, use it as a motivation. It's like, wow, okay, yeah. that's where I want to get. Or, you know, kind of as a comparable in that sense. But it's a very dangerous game to compare yourself on, like, the today of who you are right now, what you're going through, and where that person's at. Because you're in different points on the path. Right. And, and you, want, you want different things. Like, listen, dude, we all want to be money. We all want to make money. We all want to be successful. Um, we all want to get known and get attention and visibility. And it's like all of those things are different for everybody. Just do it in your own way. Listen, exactly. folks, I would rather have 20000 followers and 19,000 of them are high performance all-stars that want to see me succeed and that can help me get big gigs and stuff, which is what I've created over 2 million followers that are just there to see the wrong things Mm. or see the facade that I'm putting on or whatever, or, or, you know, my, my fake hair implants or whatever it is (laughs) I can come up with off the top of my head. That's not real. That's not authentic. That's not going to help anybody. That's just making me look a certain way that that yeah. doesn't benefit anybody. And so exactly. that's why I'm so brutally honest is because in my opinion, the story of where I was 10 or 15 years ago is part of the reason why I'm here today to tell the story. Like I had to go through all of that to get here and like now I'm in on stages, like especially at Ryan's events where there's people 15, 20 years younger than me that are looking for someone who's dealt with what they're going through right now. That's it. And, and, and it's like, listen, I've been there, guys. Yeah. I've been there where, where you're smoking to try and get your head clear. And, and it's the only thing that makes you feel good because the world's beating you down. I get it. But that, but that little smoky thing is not going to get you the freedom that you want. The freedom to say, I don't even need this, and I'm going to pursue it anyway, and I don't need to unlock anything. It's already unlocked. To, to push stuff away that is a crutch is going to help you get there faster. That's it. And, um, and that could go for anything. That can go for skipping workouts. Even if you guys walk 30 minutes a day, that's a workout. It counts. 
Do it twice a day if you feel like you need to do more. I mean, I, I have a friend who was, who was hitting me up. He wanted to be a speaker. He, he's a real estate guy. And he's like, but I just don't want to get on camera because I'm heavy. I'm like, okay. So how about this? How about this? Why don't you every day say that into the camera while you're out walking for 20 or 30 minutes? And so every day he started going out and walking, being like, hey, I'm working on myself. Um, you know, here, here's a little tip that we've done in real estate. This guy's super experienced, by the way. And, uh, you know, do this, 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 and this. And, you know, work on yourself. I'm working on myself right now. Work on your business. Like, after a while, after 200 straight days, well, now he's probably got more followers than me on Instagram. Um, and, you know, he's built this whole thing. And he's lost 70 pounds in the process. There so it's like, go. if you guys just get the crutches and the excuses and the insecurities out, you're, you're going to open up the entire pathway. The pathway's there. The, the mindset is there. You just need to, to unlock the discipline and the action to get there. I didn't know any of this when I was a kid. Yeah. I thought if you, just, if you just hang out with enough people and, and, and drink and play bars enough, you'll eventually just like magically get a record deal and be famous or something like that. I had no idea that all of these little things were associated with success. I was just a hard worker. Yeah. And which <laughs> continues to help you, man. But you didn't it, have it that does. Thing going, right? It does. It does. But yeah. I'm, like I said, I mean, you guys find a community that you can be a part of. Um, you know, get into the right environments that are productive with people that are successful and figure out how you can serve those people. And I can assure you that you will collapse time 20 years from what it took me to get to where I'm at, and you'll be able to do it way, way, way faster. And if there's anybody I can ever, like, connect you to, just shoot me a message, and I'll do my best. There you go. Yeah, and we'll make oh. sure to ask you for your handle at the very end, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So you mentioned so far the struggles, you know, a little bit of your, your upbringing, which I appreciate because we, we do like to talk about, you know, kind of who we were as kids and, and all that. Cause I, I, right really believe that kind of transitions to a degree at least when you're adulthood like it it shapes your personality it shapes the way you see the world mm -hmm. and so thank you for also sharing that part of you yeah uh, now i also like to ask the guests here on the show to share a certain sour story you know one of maybe kind of like I'm sure there was a, a lot, or maybe there are a lot that you can choose from, but one of the kind of like the ones well, that you're just, man, I just, good. that was terrible. That sucked. Yeah. No, you're good. I mean, dude, sour story. I mean, it just depends on what you're looking for. It's like I talked about. I'd say maybe. Uh, just how like about that, a sour but... lesson? How about a sour lesson? There you go. Like sour yeah, stories. Sour stories come from bad choices, generally. Mm -hmm. Now, there are things that you can't control. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. My, my grandfather passed away when I was like one or two years old. So I don't really remember my mom's dad. Um, right. I can't control that. That's kind of a sour story, right? But I think that sometimes we make excuses for certain behaviors that we should be changing. And over time, they just become bad habits. Mm -hmm. And those bad habits show up later in life 
and create sour stories like what I told you about earlier. I knew that I had bad habits. I knew that I was in bad environments, but I had to pay the bills somehow. So I just kept resorting to those behaviors, despite the fact that I had worked with Gary or Grant or Brad or these people or was getting all this advice. I knew I was going to eventually get out of that bar scene environment. And I even prayed, Lord, please send me a sign that is going to get me out of this environment. And well, well, I got that sign. I sure as heck got that sign. Okay. <laughs> but it was in the form of a sour story. That is not a fun story for me to tell you guys. Okay. It's not fun. It doesn't make me look cool. Um, it is not admirable. Okay. I could give you all the highlights, but if I leave that one thing out, which in my opinion was the major pivot, to me, even being on this show, I think that it would be a little bit fake because that sour story of getting in trouble from a habit that I had allowed to burrow and grow into an excuse that this I'm okay, it almost self-destructed my entire life. And it was my fault. It was my decision. Um, it could have easily been avoided. And I have never, ever, ever touched anything since that night for four straight years. And in my opinion, if you want it bad enough and you want to make a change in your life bad enough and you make the choice, there's no going back. Exactly. Same, same thing for me. So I would say sour stories come from sour decisions and from like sour mindsets that, mm. that are, that are in, you have to make a decision. When something goes wrong, you make a decision. Now, I remember specifically the decision that I made in that sour story, and it could have easily been avoided, and it wasn't. I walked right into it, so it's my fault. So I would think about your behavior in a situation where you're upset or you're tired or, or you're groggy. Maybe you've had a couple uh, – couple uh you threw a couple back you know smoked a couple funny ones there <laughs> is still a brain that's working in there yeah. and you're making a choice to allow yourself to do whatever you do and you know you got to control all of that that can all be controlled so like i said sour stories come from sour decisions that would be the lesson i got a million sour stories and they all came from me doing stupid stuff (laughs) well it's not even off air it's like i'm just having fun with it but i also think like we talked about i think that if you see me on social media i want you to see the perfect family and the perfect marriage and the kids and the success but that's all where i'm at now right that's all today like i'm almost 40 years old man when i was 25 i was insane Mm -hmm. and it's like i probably could have been in this position a long time ago if i made different decisions i can't change that now but i might be able to change somebody who's sitting in the audience that is you know uh you know an addict or something like that and they need to make better choices because i've been there and it's not a good situation but feeling like you don't have anybody to talk to you're going to go and you're going to make those sour decisions right so just just always know that in, you know, to have an addiction of any sort, you know, nowadays there's many different forms of addiction, different vices that really do get in the way of you becoming your best self. And it could be, you know, it could be vaping, dude. Telling his story on how it, it held him back for so long. So 
Yeah. Kudos to you. I'm so, so happy and so proud of you, man. Man, thanks, man. Yeah, I'm just trying to keep it real. Like, I don't, I don't know who's out there who hears this or, or, or what the audience is like. Um, but yeah, I just was like, even when you messaged me last night, I'm like, dude, I got time tomorrow at noon. Let's hop on. Let's have a conversation. Let's talk about it because I don't, I don't really have these conversations that often. Cause like I said, it's not in the context of what I'm doing. You see me up yeah. at, at Ryan's event. This stuff doesn't necessarily come up. It's probably popped out of my mouth and saying, you guys can be successful. Here's where I was. I'm so thankful for being here. Like, like give it up. Let's show some love to all the speakers and everybody. But like, you know, I think this stuff gets, gets smoothed over in our industry because we don't want to talk about how hard it is. And it is hard, and it's okay. Exactly. It's okay for it to be hard. If it was easy, everyone would be the heavyweight champ or the World Series champ or the uh, billionaire on Forbes, and it's just there's it's the 1% for a reason. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 100%, man. Thank you again for sharing that. And I like that, that line they said, sour decisions or even a sour mindset is what causes sour stories. So I'm going to keep that one in mind. That one's for me. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's the truth. You guys can control a lot of variables in your outcomes by the decisions that you're making in the, your daily life. Yeah, exactly. So now, what if we switch things up? I'm sure you've had a lot of sweet stories too. Like, what, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got some sweet uh, stories. Let's focus on like some sweet stories. Sweet moments where, like, you were really in the moment, uh, and you just thought to yourself, like, wow, like just. You were just in awe. You were just like taking the whole moment in. And could you could you tell us one of those experiences? Yeah. So uh, so I mean, we touched on all the all, all that hard stuff. You know, sleeping on floors and this and that, and uh, all the stuff that that I had to go through to become the person that I am today. And everybody's going to deal with that. But I remember in 2018. I had, I had finally started to get these funny song videos were hitting the right people and the right groups and the right networks. And I was starting to play like guitar at a bunch of like entrepreneur events on the breaks and introducing people and getting the crowd going nuts. And I played that event, that 10X GrowthCon event for Grant Cardone. It was at Mandalay Bay. And there were 10,000 people there. And I remember standing in the back with Russell Brunson and Tim Grover, who's Michael Jordan's personal trainer. And... Um, Ed Milet and Bradley and Grant and, and Jared Glant and like his wife and this person's wife and everybody there. And just thinking to myself, like, dude, you're at the beginning stages of of being, you know, at the level that these people are at. And, and I remember just standing there and, and I'm a pretty talkative guy, if you guys haven't noticed, and I, I didn't even say anything. I just, I just kind of stood there. I was like making sure that like my strings were flexed out and like tuned. I don't know if you're any guitar players out there, but like if you're really tight, they go out of tune real easy. And I wanted to make sure I had new strings because I didn't want to break one because right. I only had 10 minutes and I like hammer on the guitar when I play. <laughs> so I'm like kind of like, and I'm like stand there and talk. And these guys are talking about, I mean, I don't know, dude, eight, $8 million here and this and that and the other thing and the mortgage firm and, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm speaking at this thing and that thing and the other thing. And so when you are in a situation that is the right environment, the right situation, the right people, the right place at the right time, like you can feel it. And it's almost like the whole world starts to slow down. Like everything freezes 
Yes. And I remember thinking about how much work and, and hustle I put in just to even get that time slot. And, and, and then when I like jumped up there to play, like I only had like 10 minutes, but it didn't even matter what happened during that 10 minutes. As long as I survived the 10 minutes, it was a win. And so like I had a, like a, a battery pack, guitar pack, and they never had time to test it. So it was kind of like cutting in and out. But it like didn't really matter because even if the guitar pack would have gone out and not worked at all, I still would have gone the distance. And it's kind of like that first Rocky movie. I don't know if you follow Rocky, but like yeah, of course. he knew he wasn't mm-hmm. going to beat Apollo Creed the first time. Mm-hmm. He just knew it. He was going to fight him and try, but he knew like the night before when he's laying down next to Adrian, there's a scene right before that where he's in the arena and he's, and, and the guy's got his stogie, the fight promoter. And he's like, Hey, you, uh, you screwed up the color of my shorts. It's, it's, it's white with a red stripe, not a black stripe or whatever. And he's like, mm-hmm. it's okay. Rock. No one will remember. I'm sure you'll put on a great show. Like, <laughs> dude, like r- really, bro. Like they didn't even expect him to make it out of the second round. And yeah, right. it's fake story. But I feel like there's like a Rocky Balboa in everybody. That's why people relate to that character. He was never supposed to get that fight. He was never supposed to go the distance with Apollo Creed. And he still lost the fight. Right. But it's just there's going to be a moment in your life where that moment, you fight so hard to earn that moment. And it doesn't matter if you get this glorious victory. All you have to do is go the distance. And for me, that event was that. If I can just go the distance with these guys, if I can just play my slot hard, hit all my little spin moves, and hit all this and hit all that, I, I, I walk away, I win. Yes. And, and it proved to be true because everyone wants to be on the 10X stage now. Everybody yeah. wants to work with Grant Cardone and, and Gary V and Ed Milet and Brad and, and Ryan and all these people. And it's like, dude, I did it. I did yeah. all of that. But I don't think that I've made it at all. Like, I'm still trying to find that next moment that's such a high-level play that if I can just go the distance, that that that, that next title shot is going to show up. That's it. Oh, man. So I would think about that. Like when you walk onto a stage and there's 10,000 people in an auditorium and it's like 10, four or five years before that, you were sleeping in your van playing farmer's markets for 40 bucks. Like, dude, it's like, all right, well, this place is in trouble because I'm going <laughs> to level this joint. And I totally did. I wrecked that place. You know, and, and I came off and like Elena and Grant, and Brad, they were like, yo, dude, that was pretty fuck. That was pretty fire. That was, that was heat, bro. And so I don't know. I mean, your guys are going to feel it when that moment comes. It might be a wholesale deal. It might be a flip deal. It might be somebody that you're interviewing uh, live at an event where you're like, man, I'm, I feel like I'm getting pretty good at this interview thing. Right. Um, I don't know, yeah. man, you'll feel it. But for me, that that was like. If I can play in front of 10,000 people at the biggest business event on the planet, then I can host every single mastermind in business. I can be the guy. There you and go. now, like four years later, it's starting to work. Yes. Yes. And man, I, I was honestly, I was a little sad that the last uh, event with uh, Future Flipper, 
that you weren't the MC. Like, you oh, man. And getting a matchup. I was like, nah, where's my boy Pat? Yeah, but, it was rough. You know, it he'll was be rough. back. He'll be back. Yeah, and it's interesting how that played out because, dude, at the beginning of this year, and I know we talk about numbers because we're entrepreneurs and stuff, but like I was 38 last year. That was the first year I ever did six figures in revenue. So that was like my first six-figure year. I was 38 years old. And then this year, you know, we blew past, you know, $500,000 in revenue in the agency and with speaking and all that. But like at the beginning of this year, like we were really starting to hit a trajectory that was like crazy. And I was starting to hire new team members and train people and bring on this and bring on that. And I'm still wanted to speak and do all these things. And like by the end of this year, like I was starting to book up 2023. And so like I was completely booked out through the end of December. And so when Ryan or, or I think it was Brian, Brian called me. He was like, hey, here's our dates, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, dude, I'm introducing Hulk Hogan in Tampa, Florida that week. I can't do it. Can you move the date? And he's like, no, we just paid a deposit. What? What do you mean? And I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm, I can't do it. I'm booked. He's like, well, who else even does what you do? <laughs> I'm like, I, I don't know, man. I just kind of do me. And so uh, that week before that event, I was actually doing an event. So I did three back-to-back. I did wow. Vegas, Tampa, and New Orleans in like a 10-day time span. And so I was in Vegas like five days before that future flipper event. Mm -hmm. And so uh, Mindy Ryan's wife posted something about she's playing keyboard at the church. And so I literally just showed up at the church to watch her play keyboard because it was like the night before our event. And it was like early enough that I wasn't going to be out like late, late. And uh, so I sang, you know, songs in church with Ryan and his wife that night. Right. And hung out. And we kind of laughed about it because dude, at the beginning of the year, I was trying to get to where I was at the at the end of that year. But like what that conversation we had where I was like, I'll make sure I'm available in January. Like I worked 20 years to get to that point since I was Mm -hmm. 19 years old. I worked to get to a point where I was booked getting what I was getting, you know, as a fee in that Tampa event for my whole life. And so we kind of laughed about that that night because it's like. I still didn't really know really what my worth was because no one had ever really done what I had done in the event space. And so there wasn't really a, a price on what I did Yeah. until like I started to figure out like, Hey, I mean, I'm helping people make millions and millions and millions of dollars in sales by doing what I do on the stage. The guy that we did that event for in Vegas that week did $2.8 million in sales on his mastermind that we pitched from the stage with me as the MC $3 million essentially. And in my opinion, that's the, that is the quality of the host at your event is going to give you the quality of return that you get on the back end. I agree. So Mm -hmm. um, again, it's just, we, we, we kind of laughed about that, but you know me, man, I'm team Pineda for life. And so we got it locked in January Tyke summit. I know you're going to be there. Um, I know, I know Ryan's got a whole incredible like lineup of speakers. Pace Morby's in the house. Jamil uh, Damji is going to be in the house. Uh, Bridger Pennington, another guy I've introduced before. who's fantastic. He's going to be in the building. Um, and so, uh, you know, 
if you're looking for a community, and yes, I'm pitching you on it, you should totally <laughs> be there. I mean, yeah. I mean, look at what it's done for me. Yeah. Yeah. Look exactly. at what it's done for both of us. And so I think yeah. it's important if you've listened to this show and you're wondering, how do I get in touch with these people? How do I start to pivot regardless of how old you are? These are the rooms that you need to be in because the the bridge are the people. Like it's not, it's not just sales or a training or this or that or the other thing. The bridge to get you to the next level is actual human beings. And so you exactly. can't avoid being around human beings and go to the next level. They literally are the bridge that will bridge the gap to the next, to the next stage for you. You're literally like the old joke of you're one handshake away or one relationship away. It's not a joke. Like that it's is true. A hundred percent. Yeah. So yeah, I can attest to that too. Like, you know, uh, had I never met Heather, I don't think I'd be doing this right now. Oh, Heather rocks. She, she was the one that gave me that push, you know, and I will forever be grateful for her. And uh, she's, she's great. We'll be on the show very soon. So I'm excited for that. You know, uh, w one thing I appreciate about her is her authenticity, too, because she had a yeah. little uh, a, a rough story that she you know, experienced in life as well. And she's very brutally honest about that. And yes. um, that's one of the things I respect so much about her, especially as a female leader in our industry is, is her ability to, to put that into perspective and say, this is not going to stop me. This is going to empower me to go out and, and, and blow up for my brand, for my kids, you know, for my dreams. And this is what I love to do. And, and she made it work. And God bless her. She's incredible. She's one oh, of my, yeah. one of my exactly. favorite people of that community as well. Definitely. Definitely. Well, man, I got one more question for you. Let's do it. If you had to choose one song, and I know as a musician, like it's probably going to be a little oh, difficult. Man, if you had to choose one, one song, song that's kind of like your current life soundtrack, what would that song be? If I had to think of one song that would be my current life, so I'm 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 scrolling through the playlists. <laughs> um, it just depends. Number one, it just depends on what the mood I'm in. You know, sometimes I want to hear a rap song. Most of the time, I like to hear stuff that's got guitar parts. But uh, there's a song right now. Uh, it's called "Ready for War." Ooh. And it's by this guy named, here, it looks like this, Ready awesome. for War, by okay. Josnez, 2-W-E-I, and Katim, K-A-T-E-E-M, and it's ridiculously good. Started doing everything I could, now I'm doing what you can in case you missed the place for grace, but I can't stay put. I'm made to be self-made and make way with the feet. Take a seat, or stay out of reach. Word is mine, I claim in a peace. Throne is mine, but I stay on my feet. Locked and loaded, I pray that you get low. If you wrote it, I pray you don't get cold. Is you ready for war, my brother? Is you ready for war, my brother? Beckon it, beckon up. So going into 2023, I'm ready for war. And uh, anybody who's coming with me, we're, we're going all the way with our dreams and, and we're working together. We're collaborating. We're putting our skills to the test and, and helping each other win. And I think that when you get to a certain level, like we talked about, it's not, it's not me against this or this against that. It's how are my skills going to help this person go up higher so that I can go up higher so we can blow the roof off the thing, There you, go. you know?
That's it. And so don't get caught up in, in, in how many dollars you have or what kind of car you drive or this or that or the other thing because it's easy to do that. Get caught up in how much value you can bring to the people around you and how many mm. valuable relationships you're creating inside of a community and how much hope and impact you're delivering to those people because that's what's going to accelerate your progress more than anything. Yeah, sales and marketing and success, they all go hand in hand. But like, dude, impact, man, I'm telling you, if you can impact people and help them win, you will never go, you will never sleep in a van. Yes. Yeah, and they'll never forget you for it. Yeah, so that's the name of the game, ready for war, look it up. Yeah, definitely will. We'll put in a little snippet during the show as well. There you go. Listen to it and get pumped. Pat. I cannot thank you enough. Hey, thank, thank you, you so man. Much for coming on the show, you've uh, shared so much value, so much uh, you know personal experiences, which I personally value because you know we keep it real. It's not always a bed of roses, and the struggle is worth it, right? It's so, totally worth it. And I yeah, mean, that's that's so the much. only reason why I even bring any of that up is because it's like, dude, if you're loyal to yourself and where you want to go, um, you know, you're you're going to get hit with some punches, but like. Your ability to continue to strike back and, and keep going after your goal and and have faith, I mean, that's going to be the difference maker. Because a lot of people, they stay down. But yeah. like people who are who are followers of you or anybody that I've mentioned that I work with, like, do we get back up and we come back harder? So that's Listen. the name of the game. Yes. Where can people follow your journey? Because you're just getting started, man. Where can people yeah, find you? Yeah, just getting started. Open? So it's... Uh, it's it's Pat Hilton live on all platforms. Pat Hilton live. It's just fi- You can just find me anywhere. There you go. We'll make sure it all in the description of either the video or the podcast audio. If you're listening to it uh, once again, thank you, uh, Pat. And uh, yeah, I'll be seeing you soon. I'll be seeing you soon. Tyke summit. Let's get it. There you go. Everyone else. Thank you so much for being here. Take care. Have a wonderful day. It's been another episode of Raspberry Lemonade. See you next time. Subscribe to the show. This has been a Red Bird Studio production. We hope you've enjoyed the program.